Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. So, okay, before we even begin, I have to get this out of the way. What is the over-under of Alicia just shanking the fuck out of this dude? Like, like, you know, she's going to stab him right in his Lionel Luther-looking face. He is Lionel Luther, isn't he? He is. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to, I mean, she might even play along. She might even get in like a white dress and, you know, wear a bonnet or whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing. But when it comes, when like they finally come to, you know, come face off and Morgan is there and everybody's there and, and Teddy thinks he's got his ace in the hole and he's like, come out my lamb and it'll be Alicia and she'll be dressed like, you know, Heidi or whatever. And she'll walk up to him and she'll be like, Oh, friend, so glad you could join us. And then she'll take out, like, a knife that she has constructed out of toilet paper and just, like, stab that dude and be like, what took you so long? I have been waiting. (laughs) I have zero doubts that that is what is going to happen. That is one impressive beard that John Glover is rocking. It is. And what about Nick Stahl just showing up out of nowhere? Just to be like, I'm that guy who's in movies, but you don't really know who I am. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> but Lionel Luther, I think he, when he got the gig, he was like, no, nah, I can't shave. I'm mall Santa in Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hi, folks, and welcome to Zompocalypse Now. I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis. And we are discussing the walking, Fear the Walking Dead episode, The Holding, where we finally meet the folks who have been leaving the end is the beginning scrawled across the world. And uh, they have some, they have some viewpoints. <laughs> and... And oh, if this was not the most delightful episode of the season. (laughs) It was, I mean, like there were cults, there were embalmed corpses with their mouths sewn shut. Just the best. Alicia with her like what face all the time. Siblicide. Siblicide? Is that what it's called? Would it be fratricide? Fratricide. There was the obligatory, no, you don't go, I'll go conversation. Six or seven times. Yeah. <laughs> Not only was there the return of the cult, which of course is the fear the walking dead go-to place. Um, there was also the return of fire and <laughs> a cult. Which is, again, just, you know, cast your oh, mind back to the early Alicia going to burn it down! And uh, as we have mentioned more than once, the cast of Fear the Walking Dead had a, built a long and glorious reputation of coming into a community and burning it to the ground and moving on like a just a 
fire happy plague of yeah. locusts. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde locusts. <laughs> Just, you know, going from place to place, ruining shit. Although this, I think, might be the first time where it's like, well, no, there was the lady who kept the walkers thinking that they were still alive. She she needed to, to be burned down. Uh, but I think this might be the, like, if I were to rank it, these guys would still be number one of the, yeah, we just need to kill all of this with fire. So, <laughs> so interestingly enough, this episode opens in a way that makes you feel like you've missed a scene. Because the end of last episode, it's like, we have to go back to the city and, and look around and find these people. And this episode opens with them having found the people. And there's right. feels like there's part of the story is missing. But I, I didn't mind after a very short period of time. It gets into the story and it runs with it. Well, it, it's, it's that little set, that little blip is sloppy tor- storytelling, but it's also effective storytelling. Because you had uh, Dreadlocks and Al go like, we need to go find Alicia. She wandered haphazardly towards Dallas. Okay, well, let's go do it. And then the next time we see them, they found Alicia, who has wandered haphazardly towards Dallas. And so, yeah, it's sloppy, but we don't need, I think in a way, we don't need that, you know, hey, we've been sent to find you to do a thing. Would you like to go murder a cult? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but we didn't get the scene of Alicia going why yes yes I would <laughs> yeah oh boy although I will say that we still don't actually have the cult's actual philosophy we spent a long time talking about it this episode but they don't actually really we, I kind of, I, I think I figured out. I Well, we know. can piece together some things. I mean, they, they're planning on cutting themselves off from the rest of the world and living underground. But before they go, they have to kill everyone else. Now, there's a small problem with their plan. O- o- oceans and oceans and continents? Well, oceans, continents, um, Georgia, uh, Virginia, uh, pretty much anywhere else aside from this little tiny little piece of texas right there's a question that i'm just like i'm waiting for them to explain how this works i mean at no point i mean maybe we're going to get it because where we end up with this episode is alicia actually going okay now wait (laughs) explain this to me no i no that is not what she said at all but whatever i will allow it for now well, I, no, I think that's what she will. I think that's what will get her saying eventually. Is you know, so, okay, fine. Tell me your, tell me your genius, oh Lex Luthor, about Lionel half, Luthor. No, about okay. halfway through, I realized that this wasn't the same group of people who were captured by the stormtroopers. Right. That's in a whole different show. Yes. So completely it took different. That long to. Show. To try to, because they, because of the missing chapter, I, I couldn't remember who any of those guys were. (laughs) (laughs) The the cast on this show is, they're swappable. They're huge. It's a huge cast. And like, they sometimes will do like what they did last, last week and continued on with this week. 
uh, I, I'm guessing like a DP or somebody was like, we need another body to fill in. Hey, get that girl in the cardigan over there and go make her stand with the group. <laughs> and so she did. And so I guess this, this week they were like, hey, let get that girl with the cardigan and give her like two lines. Put her in the background. Then they're just going to start pretending like we should know who she is. Like, you know, that's Kirsten. Don't you remember when we introduced Kirsten and her whole backstory? She wears a cardigan and a prairie dress. Well, they had to have at least one woman who would be in the background and have a line because they actually gave Luciana lines this week. Right. Danae Garcia. uh, She must have finally got her SAG card. (laughs) Oh, that's mean. As long as Danae Garcia has been in this in this show, I mean, I, I still wonder sometimes if she's had, you know, fewer or slightly more lines than T-Dog. Oh, rest in peace, T-Dog. Yes. Uh, Theodore. They should have a section Theodore at the Dog. Oscars, every at, at every Oscars that has a rest in peace for every character that dies on The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, that would just be ours. You know... <laughs> On, on on the Chris Hardwick uh, hosted show, they do an in memoir memoir memoir. Oh yeah, and, they do every every after every episode. Yeah, yeah. If that show still exists, I have no idea. So the first thing we see in this episode, the first glimpse we get is this underground facility where walkers are being like mulched up, and there are people like tending gardens and all in the background all at all times is this ever-present droning of this tape of this guy saying like just the most platitude you know like i'm okay you're okay welcome to my cult craziness like immediately upon hearing that you're like oh this is a cult it was a basement utopia of gardening and mulching and uh so nick stall is like wandering around and being nice to people and then there's a ding at the elevator and it's like we found some people we found some people out in the place and and the elevator opens and it's al and alicia and that guy with dreadlocks and luciana and we find out that they have have been clandestinely sent to find out what's going on in this place and they're they're being they're intake they're doing intake with them and like all Al can do is ask questions because she's a journalist and uh everybody's like what's going on who are you why are you things and then another group comes down and who's in this group it's dreadlocks brother who he thought was dead but it's not dead because he was taken in by the cult. The brother that we didn't know existed until this very moment. Well, no, because when they found when they found the dreadlocks guy initially, he was with his brother. And he's like, my brother went out on a run to go get Creeper's coffee and he never came back. So he's dead. That was like his backstory. Oh, okay. Unlike Kirsten, who just wears a, a, a cardigan. But she wears the cardigan well. That cardigan probably belonged to her aunt or something. Yeah. And there's a backstory there. It's going to be a whole cardigan episode. I would deeply love that. Yeah. But first, we've got to we've got to figure out why there's a zombie tied to a tree. Although that was an interesting recurring image 
it's not something we normally see from the walking dead, almost like a set piece where, you know, cause it's basically the, there's lights surrounding this tree, which a zombie is becoming part of. And there's all these plants growing up around it. It's a very striking image, especially sitting in the middle of a concrete space. Right. And it made me wonder like, how did they, how did they get that down there? Like who was in charge? All right. All right, Larry, got to take the zombie down and set up the lights. (laughs) I don't want to take the zombie down. I'm sorry, Larry. Somebody's got to take the tree with the zombie down into the basement. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want it. But our elevator is only big enough for five people. And this tree is clearly very large. I don't know that they actually had to go up and get the zombie from the surface, considering their plans for other people uh, who disagree with their worldview. But why would they make that the centerpiece if it was somebody that they had? It's the big whatever. test. It's the what do you see? As you, you oh, I don't know. So if, and nobody knows what they see. Everybody sees you'll see it. And everybody's like, what the fuck am I supposed to be looking at? This is just, you know, are they supposed to come to some major realization that uh, I don't know? Yeah, they're asked more than once. Everybody, you know, like they have to go stand in front of the tree with the zombie and they're like, what do you see? And and they're like, I don't. Somebody should have been put in the ground long ago is what Alicia says. And I like that. And so they decide, they discover that Dreadlocks' brother is helping set all of these. He was helping destroy, he just helped destroy Tank Town, and he trapped those people in the office building with the bubonic plague or whatever. And there were a couple other pictures of things that he probably, you know, had probably had some, some hand in destroying. And they find maps of the places that they were going to go next. It's super creepy, and Dreadlocks is like, no, I can convince him to not be evil or be an occult anymore. And so he tries. He goes up to his brother, and he's like, please stop being an occult. And his brother's like, okay, (laughs) just don't stare too close at my big, crazy eyes. Uh, But we're. I promise I won't be in the cult anymore. And so they all get into uh, the uh, elevator to escape. And Alicia's like looking at the brother and and he's like, hey, don't look too much at my big crazy eyes. And she's like, sorry, I already looked. And she punches him in the face and she's like, we can't trust him. We have to leave him behind. We'll come back for him. And uh, it turns out that it was all a trap. The brother really was was still crazy and in a cult. That's crazy. How could you possibly think that there would be betrayals in a cult situation? Totally called it. Yeah, we all knew. I barely finished the sentence. Stay tuned for the next betrayal. And then it happened. Immediately. (laughs) So the next thing we find out about these crazy cult people is that the people who, uh, like, okay, so when somebody dies, they grind them up, they throw them in the walker grinder, and they grind them up. To turn, to turn them into compost to to feed the plants. And that's fine. It actually is uh, a way a lot of cultures still kind of do it. 
Uh, but everybody, you know, our people are kind of squicked out by it. But then we discovered the thing you should really be squicked out by is that uh, the people that that don't die of natural causes are, are part of some sort of, you know, crazy cult plan who are trying to escape from the crazy cult. They are killed and then embalmed and then hung in a room to forever molder. So they bring our guys into the room to embalm them. And Dreadlocks makes one more plea to his brother, like, please, please don't be in a crazy cult anymore. And the brother's like, how about you come and be part of the crazy cult? And Dreadlocks is like, okay, I'll let you convince me one more time. So they go to the tree walker, right? And they're standing there in front of it. And, and, and crazy cult brother is like, tell me what you see. And Dreadlocks is like, I see a man who is so lost and dead inside uh, that, he, that he is just in a crazy cult. And brother's <laughs> like, what? And so then they fight. And uh, Dreadlocks ends up having to kill his brother. And it's super sad. Then he goes and, and tries to rescue everyone else. Uh, but it turns out that the only way out is through the room full of the embalmed walkers. And so that's when we have the, you know, just leave me, just leave me conversation about six times. Mm-hmm. Like five different people say it over the course of like <laughs> 10 minutes. Just leave me behind. No, you just leave me behind. You go through and I'll go through and then we'll all go through. Okay. Then uh, Alicia's like, I'll cut the, I'll cut these walkers' throats, and I'll set everything on fire just like my mom did. It'll be awesome. Why was it she couldn't light a match and walk out the door with the rest of them? Because she, you had to have the scene with her and Lionel Luther. Oh. Don't you right. know how this work, this show works by now? I don't Kurt? know how. Yeah, they, they have to. They have to. The thing has to happen. So, yeah, so everybody gets back to Morgan's colony, and they're like, hey, these people knew who you were. Do you happen to know anything about them? And Morgan's like, no, I don't know nothing. And, uh, and they're like, okay, awesome. And then Dakota is there, and she's like, I want to help. Let me murder people. And Morgan's like, you don't get to murder nobody. And so she runs off. And then Cardigan Lady's like, I don't know what we're going to do next. Will I get another seed? And Morgan's like, I don't know. Are you still a day player or not? And she's like, I don't even think I have a name. And so then they wander off. And then we go back to the crazy cult. Oh, wait. No, no, not quite. Because we have Al who has um, been, when she was going through the room full of all the embalmed zombies, she saw one of the people in the uniforms like her long lost we fell in love in two hours lady friend but it's not her and so but she needs to track her down because maybe they can help (laughs) which is going to end well i'm sure and so she goes off to look for her lady friend and dwight's like don't be gone too long or i'm gonna have to come find you she's like okay fine bye now we go back to the crazy cult. Right. It took me that long. It took me as long as that episode is to figure out who that lady was, too. Oh, you're that you're that gay lady who had the chopper, right? 
She had the ATV. Yes. Uh, that the, the people in the masks stole. But she was a but she was a helicopter pilot. No, she, she got had a super fast bonding relationship with another lady who was with the people with the chopper. Okay, okay. It was, I knew there was a helicopter in there somewhere. So first, Nick Stahl is just like, I'm just going to embalm you, or I'm going to get you ready, because I'm sure that my crazy cult leader is going to want to embalm you when he gets back. And so he like leaves her in the room with this big, brutish dude who's like, I'm going to get you ready to embalm. And... <laughs> <laughs> And Alicia just dismantles him. <laughs> like she stabs him with a with a syringe and then like in the like, eye. In the eye, and then like just every time he you he thinks he's gonna get some sort of advantage on her, just like she butchers this dude, ends up stabbing him with the thing that sucks all the blood out of people. The exsanguinator. Oh, is that what it's called? Probably. Nice. Uh, but he does get a good kick, like right in her tummy tum tum. But but she like you know basically just just ruins this dude. And then Nick Stahl and what was his name? Oh, Lionel Luthor come back, and we don't see that it's Lionel Luthor right away. Uh, because Alicia's got like she's been kicked in the tummy, and so she has blurry vision. I didn't say it made sense, but I don't know why they they did that because like uh, a reveal of a a character actor like that is not like I don't I don't think it needed that necessarily. It didn't bother me. I mean, John Glover is a well established enough actor. He's a lot more than a care character player. You know, we've been building up this character all episode long. You know, having him have the big sort of semi-dramatic see, reveal because I, they had been see that that but that was a problem for me because because they had been building him up so much and because they did that blurry thing where you didn't couldn't see his face, I was expecting somebody we knew. I was expecting hmm. this to be a character maybe from you know season two or three or something like that. Or it was remember, Strand all along, right? Or remember that drug dealer. <laughs> That right, they had right. the whole thing with the drug dealer and then that just ended, you know, and you never heard about what happened to that guy at all. Like, I kind of thought maybe it could be that guy. With, I, would li- I was really thinking that when that elevator opened up for the reveal, it was supposed to be the reveal of what's his name. What's that character's name? Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. Uh, when Teddy's supposed to reveal, I thought it was going to be Strand and I thought it was he was going to walk out and you'd be like... Have you guys brushed your teeth today? <laughs> Try Aquafresh. I had the briefest of moments before I realized they were talking about a man that wouldn't it have just ripped the rug out from everything if Teddy had been Madison. I, I would have just been. Mm. I, I would have. I, I would have loved. I thought that I did, did have that thought myself. I also had the thought because they kept bringing people back to that walker on the tree mm-hmm. and saying, you'll see it. You'll know when you see it. I was expecting for there to be a movement like around his chest area and for one of them to realize and see that, uh, that the walker was wearing a shirt that said the name Teddy on it. Mm. 
Oh, like, sure. Like that the Teddy was, you know, that was the Teddy that they're just keeping Teddy around. Well, it still may be the case. He may be original Teddy and John Glover may be new Teddy. <laughs> so Lionel Luther comes in and he's all like, hello, Alicia. I'm here to save you. And she's like, you've really super got the wrong one. My brother was the guy who got pulled into cults. Like, this is not going to work on me. And and he's like, oh, but it will, Alicia, because you're just what I've been looking for. <laughs> and, like, it's, you know, it's he supposed... He doesn't say it with the accent, nor does he twirling his mustache. Because as you're listening to this, I know you're seeing Dustin figuratively twirl an evil mustache. But that's right. not what he's doing. He's just standing there in his bushy beard going... Well, goodness, aren't I just so reasonable? <laughs> Except totally and completely not. We have established that these people are not totally like reasonable already. Right. Like he should have come in like drooling and and you know and screaming about the afterlife or whatever. Because I, you know, like trying to paint him as like, oh, my cult's totally not, you know, looking to end all of life on Earth slash Central Texas. Then that's why they want that fucking nuke. Yeah. That's okay. why they're looking for the nuclear weapon from the submarine. Which will blow up central Texas and everything else will be, you know, slightly more radioactive, but it'll be fine. Ultimately fine, yeah. Yeah, a hundred a hundred years from that, a hundred miles from that, it's just they they might get some wind. Right. And like I said, like they might even try and convince us that Alicia drank the Kool-Aid or whatever, but I have no doubts in our girl. Like she is like, she is not the one like this is not, they could have picked any other character and like, you know, said, and because they essentially his threat is that he is going to brainwash her into this cult. I think that's the threat of the end of the episode. I think he's going to produce Madison next episode. And say, and Madison's going to be like, you got to do what they say. I don't know how she talks. I forget. No, no. I mean, I could see Madison killing Teddy and taking over the cult. Right. <laughs> She's just not going to have the, she just doesn't have that mindset that for everything that Madison has been through, she has never shown the slightest signs of going, I need someone else to tell me what to do. This has been a problem for her more than once because she doesn't always listen to other people, but there's no question that Madison is just like, no, no, I've got this. I don't need you to tell me how to be. And not only that, if, if for some reason Madison had stumbled across this cult and was with them for whatever reason, the minute she saw Alicia, she'd be like, oh, I guess I need to beat an ass with a hammer. I need to beat somebody to death with a hammer so me and my daughter can get out of this crazy place. They would have just found a burned out shell if Madison had ever found these people before. Right. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah. what happened here? There was a fire of some kind. I wonder who said it. Uh. But yeah, so that's like, you know, they could have picked, like, if it were like Lucia who got left behind and he was like, you will see. I'd be like, oh shit, they're going to they're gonna brainwash Lucia. But because they chose Alicia for this particular plot, it's like, 
I have no, I, I have no belief that he's going to be able to brainwash her. No, I don't think so either. But I think we will get the info dump where he does actually explain what their whole philosophy is, which from what we can see here, because you have to, you have, you have to sell the, the idea to people, right? So it's mm-hmm. from, from, you know, the end is the beginning. So the end of the world is the beginning of a new world. You know, we, we create new life from the dead by using them as fertilizer this recurring image of the of the walker being sort of absorbed by the tree, you know, basically that death leads to new life, et cetera. I mean, there seems to be this whole kind of, you know, yes, the world has ended, but there's a new beginning and I'm here to offer it to you, a solution, a new world. But there's a bit of a gap between that and we must kill everybody else. <laughs> right. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I, want, I want the fill in the blank part there. <laughs> <laughs> slightly better explanation than than the recordings that we heard of teddy who definitely likes to talk yeah it was a fun episode though it was a delightful episode i thought it was really good i i, I mean how many were in for four or six now how many episodes this season of this particular run well we're episode 11 of the season Right, but since the show has come back, there were only going to be six episodes. I think this is number four of those six. Oh, Am gotcha, I, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, now I'm understanding what you're saying. You know, I think that uh, of the four of the six we have watched, I think this is definitely my favorite. Oh, yeah. Now, this this drives the story forward in a way and actually gives us villains who make more sense than Virginia ever did. Absolutely. They, you know, we still don't know everything about them. I was a little disappointed though, because the smashing pumpkins have a song called the end is the beginning is the end. And I was really, really hoping that Billy Corgan would show up and be the (laughs) villain in here just because (laughs) the first thing I thought of when I saw the, you know, uh, we kept seeing that again, and then I saw the song popped up in my my YouTube feed, and I was like, "Now, wouldn't that be funny?" Well, yes, I used to be a Billy Corgan before the end of the world. Well, you know, yeah, remember when that happened on uh, on the Postman, mm-hmm. the movie The Postman? He 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 comes to this colony, and it's and it's led by Tom Petty, and he's <laughs> like, "Hey, didn't you used to be?" And then Finney said, "That was a long time ago." <laughs> That's fun. But no such luck. But it was Lionel Luther. So, you know, can't complain. And Billy Corgan would not have that beard. It made me really happy to see him because I really enjoy that actor so much. Was he on 30-something? You know, I'm not sure. That may be a deep cut for kids these days. He was in the movie Brewster's Millions. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of those actors that you always love to see and you can't remember the last time. Hey, it's that guy. He was in In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, that's right. Oh, I saw that for the first time within the last year or two. Do you read such a cane? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But one of my favorite roles and one of the earliest ones, I was actually remember seeing him and him really registering was in was seeing him in Scrooged. 
Oh, that's where right. He played the the studio exec who came in <laughs> at the end of the movie is tied up and getting mauled on by that lady. <laughs> he's got that beard because he's got the world's longest neck waddle. He well, does. He's, the, he's a super narrow face. I mean, he's got a very long, narrow face. He's very distinctive, but that beard is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's 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 a fantastic fantastic actor. He's been in so many different things. He voiced Rasputin on the Animaniacs. That tells you the power <laughs> of this actor is that he was <laughs> that's dream gig right there. Grigory Rasputin in the Animaniacs, and that's all. Yeah, was that's he castrated on that show? <laughs> huh? Was he castrated, shot, burned, and drowned on that show? Yes. Um, Considering the original Animaniac series, it probably implied it, yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, that's super fun. I liked it tonight. I was happy about everything that happened. I'm real excited to watch these guys get them, themselves just owned by a tiny little 90-pound girl. Just own them. She's going to own them, and it's going to be delightful. Well, she burned down their whole way of life, and now they've got to figure something else out. Oh, Roaring Rampage of Revenge. Is it's, it, it's, well, you know, de- you know, Death Cults, like, you know, yeah, he might have started off all like our ap- the apocalyptic cults. He might have started out like, oh, we're going to just, you know, like seal ourselves in here and live in here in sustained harmony, and we'll kill everybody on the outside, and that'll be fine. But you know... The, the all those people would they're going to be drinking laced Kool Aid within a week, so now it's going to be we've got to find our nuclear weapon and set it off so we can all go to to Disneyland. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not going to end well for anybody. It never does. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, very, very good episode. Um, oddly enough, you know, we don't get to say very often there are episodes that don't have like a moment that made us angry. I didn't have any moments this episode where the show made me angry. Um, I did, I did really like dislike the clicheness of I've got to kill my brother to save my friends, you know, but that is such a like little piddly complaint. Well, that was very much the uh, the of mice and men moment of the week. Yeah, you know he because his brother murdered so many people. If, I don't see that he had a choice but to put him down. The idea that he could save his brother in the course of this episode would have been unrealistic. The idea right. that he would have fallen in with, he would have joined the cult because of his brother. The character has not gotten a whole lot of screen time, but from what we've seen, that wouldn't work either. It didn't bother me as much as it might have. If they hadn't made a point of showing that his brother had so bought into the cult that it was like, well, you know, if I had accidentally killed you, I would have gotten over it. Well, and that, yeah. And that guy, his, he, like, I don't know who that actor was, but his like crazy eye was on point. Like he would like, 
you know, open his eyes that just extra little bit of wideness. Yeah. To, to make you go, oh no, oh no, he's 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 real bad. We're in bad shape. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a difficult thing to perform a lie. You know, people say acting is lying, and that's not true. Acting is telling the truth in a fictional circumstance, and um, every actor who gets work will tell you that. But um, what he did was tell the truth of his lie and with such subtlety and deftness, but also with the sound of hitting an anvil. You, If you were watching him in the elevator scene, go... No, it's you know it's fine. <laughs> you <laughs> caught that lie, yeah, and so, and so did Alicia. <laughs> right. Well, he always had. Uh, he did a really good job of giving a sense of certainty, selling someone's belief in a crazy idea without immediately making them seem crazy. The scariest people are the ones who sound the most normal. If someone's obviously crazy, you're like, aha, obvious crazy person. Let's not go over there with the obvious crazy person. And you know what? That might have explained why I found most of it. Like, I was so delighted by this episode because it was, like I said, like, there is no way these people are going to convince Alicia <laughs> to join them. They all sound super crazy. <laughs> like, there is no, except for maybe there was one girl like Nick Stahl's walking around and he sees one girl and she's standing looking at the zombie tree and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, she's like, I'm trying to see it. And he's like, you'll get it. And he like pats her on the back and like wanders off to be weird somewhere else. And like, <laughs> so, you know, Alicia, that might be foreshadowing that Alicia has at least one ally in this place. One person Impossible. she might be able to convince that this is, you know, not great. We don't need to be here anymore. Well, we don't actually know what the scale of the damage really is. They said she ruined everything, but they're she's still in, at the place. She's still in the she's still in the embalming room, and if it ruined everything, then none of that equipment should work because the fire was, you know, right there. It was in the next room is where it started. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, but ruined enough i guess and when you consider the end of the episode or you know the scene right before that is morgan saying we're gonna go back to the place and check it out mm -hmm. like they're not i don't think they're gonna even really have a lot of time to try and brainwash her too too good no they'll just take her to wherever they're planning on setting off the nuclear bomb <laughs> that would be amazing i would love that the 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 end the last episode of this of this season is them in the submarine with the nuclear weapon and trying to either arm or disarm it. It's gonna be just the best. <laughs> They've been building that submarine set for two years. It's gonna look so good. Well, you know, yeah, they they're they're supposed to be a web series set in the submarine oh really uh, over the summer this summer yeah oh god are we gonna of, of course, course we're gonna <laughs> that's great i'm so happy okay cool why not more of it there's also a new game of thrones uh series coming out i saw today so nobody cares about that well back to the well everybody <laughs> 
can we go? Are we done? Yes, we're done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, this was this was very, very good. I think this this I kind of wish we'd gotten to the cult sooner because Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Much more interesting. And I would have actually had more time. We this episode moves along very quickly when you consider how much information we're given from our introduction to the people in this episode to the end. I wouldn't have minded if I have one complaint, I would not have minded more time to really ratchet up the sense of they're very, very pleasant and crazy, um, which could have been really, you know, just a little more would have been fine, but we're obviously going to get more. And I would have just liked to have had less Virginia. Yeah. So oh, I loved when Lionel Luther walked in there and he, and Alicia looked up and says, you must be the king of the crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> All right. And on that note, we will shuffle off this mortal coil for this episode. Folks, if you enjoyed listening to us babble on, you can leave us a rating and a comment. You can find us on your, obviously on your favorite podcast hosting service, and you can leave that there. You can come to podcast.com where the show actually lives originally and leave us a comment or a uh, rating there as well. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can get in touch with us. Let us know what you thought of this particular episode or any of the episodes of our show that you have heard. You can let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you guys. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you, Dustin. I'm a puppet. (laughs) Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.